Bernie Sanders drops out, why we need to get the economy back up and running, and today is Good Friday. This is the Matt and Jan Show. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Together, we will make America great again. This is the Matt and Jan Show. Welcome back, my fellow listeners. Wow, what a week it has been. We got a big stack of stuff to go into today. And this is going to be our last episode in Kraus Village Suite. This is where our first studio began. This is where everything started. Our podcast three months ago. I know last week was our three-month anniversary of the podcast. And now this is episode 13, and we are ready to roll. So Chandler, 20 days of quarantine. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. It's, uh, like you said, it's been 20 days of this, and just starting to get into a bit of a rhythm and routine, um, trying to wake up early, go to bed early. I'm uh, running twice a day most days, and I'm, I'm getting on top of my schoolwork, or at least starting to get on top of my schoolwork. Uh, but yeah, slowly getting used to this, uh, this new normal. Hopefully, we'll get to return to a more normal life uh, sometime in the near future, but uh, with that all being still unknown, it's, uh, it's good to get adjusted to uh, the life as we have it right now, and I, I'm trying to get there. How about you? Um, been doing great. We just got school. We got all these things going on. It just keep pushing forward. I know a lot of my classes are starting to up it up, and I know we were talking before. It's just it's all coming at one time, and all the assignments are going to be due on the same dates, and you're just going to be doing those all-nighters. It's not like we have to be anywhere right now anyway, so we have all the time in the world that's just sitting down and getting it done. No more Parks and Rec, right? No more Parks and Rec. Done with the series. Uh, I have so much more time in my day now as a result. It's terrible, but it, uh, I'm, I'm glad I have uh, the extra time. It's a good, uh, good show. It gets my recommendation. Okay, sweet. A five-star recommendation from the man Chandler, the the one and only. So we are going to hop right into it. we got a lot of stuff to cover today. I don't even know if we'll be able to get through everything we have. We have probably like 20-plus articles to look over, but we are only going to be able to talk about so many today. But let's hop in. we got Obamacare architect Zeke Emanuel comes out saying that we should be in quarantine for another 18 months till next year, year and a half, like. I, I just, this is a crazy amount of time and everybody's already getting stir crazy. I know people don't want to be in their homes. People want to go back to work. So Chandler, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Do you think we need 18 months and audience out there? Do you think we need 18 months to quarantine to make sure that we are hundred percent ready to go back to work? Your thoughts, Chan? Um, I, I think pretty clearly we can't, uh, we can't deal with that financially. And, you know, we talked about this, I think, a little bit last week, and I certainly have thought about this a lot. Like, it's not going to affect, if we were to spend another 18 months uh, like this, the people who wouldn't be uh, devastated by this, it's not going to be the rich uh, and the wealthy. It's going to be the lower middle class uh, who will lose not only their jobs uh, with another 18 months of this, but houses, cars, uh, really everything, and uh, and. That's just not acceptable. I don't think we need to wait until there's a vaccine to really get back to work. Will we still practice some social distancing measures for uh, the foreseeable future? Yeah, probably. Like 
Uh, we might start looking a little bit uh, more like some of the East Asian countries where we wear masks out in public and, uh, you know, maybe handshakes uh, won't be as common and as frequent. Uh, there'll be a, a little bit more space given, but we have to get back to work at some point, and, and we can't wait until there's a vaccine uh, or until the virus has completely run its course uh, throughout the world. Um, we have to get back to work. Exactly. I don't think we need a vaccine. We have vaccines for stuff like influenza, polio, chickenpox, things that we usually get when we're babies. Like these are things that we need to have. And yes, I'd love to have a vaccine for coronavirus next week. I'd love to have it today. I'd like to have it the next hour. Like let's get this vaccine. But also we got to look back, look at the 1980s, HIV, AIDS, this whole thing that happened in the 80s. It was pretty much a death sentence during this time. And we didn't close down the economy for this and we have closed down the economy for the coronavirus. And again, we're not saying the coronavirus is not like anything serious, but we have to look at the implications of the economy. We have a $23 trillion economy and we are not gonna close it down. At least I can't see 18 months. Like that 18 months, I don't even think we have the United States anymore. We've been saying this for the last three weeks. If we continue to go down this path, we are gonna keep racking up debt we are losing freedoms by the day. I know Gavin Newsom's coming out. People are talking about a nation state. I don't know what that's all about, but I'm not for it. I'm And me and Chandler, as you know, this is a conservative podcast. We are for less government and government's getting large right now. I know Bernie Sanders drops out and me and Chandler were talking and Bernie Sanders is like, man, I may have not won the presidency, but man, this we got all this stuff now, this socialist measure. So I just like to ask the audience like, are these things that you want to see continued? Do you want to stay at home? Do you want to have the government controlling every aspect of your life? This is socialism. And we've talked about this on many episodes. I think every episode we've ever had on this show, we've talked about socialism one way or another. And this is socialism, I guess, one-on-one, if you want to want to say it. It's like we're taking a test drive right now, socialism. So if you like government control and controlling and living off the government, then sweet, vote for Bernie Sanders or at least anybody. I know Joe Biden... They were talking about Joe Biden and him possibly pairing up to be the duo. And I'm like, let's let's look at this. Like, Joe Biden, like, people call him the moderate Democrat. So it's I for me it doesn't make any sense, but it's just one of those things that we need to get the country up and going. We can't spend money like frankly, we just don't have the money to continue doing so. Like we just cannot keep spending money. We can't keep printing money. We're going to look like World War One Germany. Our money's going to be worth nothing. And we just continue going down this path. We're going to be a broke country. And and Americans, I think, generally just want to get back to work. We're Americans. We'll bounce back. I'm 100% sure about it. But we got to have a plan and we got to get this economy back up and running. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Um, that's uh, very well said. So let's continue. And, and just remember Zeke Emanuel, if you don't know him, he was the architect of Obamacare. And if you know, under Obama, we spent trillions of dollars. He pretty much doubled the debt during his presidency. And it's just, it was a disaster. We still have a healthcare crisis in the United States. We need to fix it. I think we need to go to more privatized systems. We need to give incentives. We lost a lot of doctors. A lot of people lost healthcare and it was all a bunch of lies. So and we're, and we're seeing the effects of the Obama administration right now. And I don't want to play the blame game. We don't want to do that. Like, Obama's presidency is over. Trump's in office. Like, we're moving in a different direction than we were then. But just looking at the impacts of it, it's just look at where we were at, where we're at now, and where we, where we are moving forward. So um, let's move on. I know 
We got some good news is Steve Mnuchin came out and he says we could be back to business in May. I think that's I think that's a better, more optimistic way of looking at things. And I think he I know the big concern is at least Jerome Powell said it best. He's all we don't want to open as quickly as possible and avoid a false start. If we partially reopen the results spike in coronavirus cases and and we move back to square one. So it's just like we need to reopen the economy, but of course I think we're gonna see a spike no matter what. If we open up in May or if we open in August. Like and they they've been saying for some time now, the summer months, that these are gonna be the months that are gonna be the virus is gonna be less uh, like out there. So they're not gonna be uh, it's not gonna be as widespread that the, the heat's gonna kill it. So I don't know, we're still finding more information on this every week. It just seems day by day that we just are looking at like, what's the next step? What's the next step? And let's let's just move on from everything. Chandler, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think May's the more optimal time to get started or 18 months? I know 18 months is very, most people are probably against that, but like, when, when do you see us opening back up? Yeah, I, I think we're looking at sort of the two extremes there, opening up in May uh, versus opening up in 18 months. I can't see any sooner than May or any later than 18 months. So, um, a, a lot of what this uh, virus has taught me is that uh, every both sides are going to have their extremes, and the truth very often lies within the extremes. So, as much as I would like to open up in May and start getting back to uh, to normal workforce in May, I don't see that happening. Uh, I do think though that there there will be an easing back into the workforce. So I think more and more businesses will be deemed essential. Um, my dad's a real estate agent. They're slowly being allowed to do more and more uh, uh, things with selling houses, but they still have a lot of limits. Uh, I don't know all the details on that, but they have uh, um, some limits on what they can do and can't do in terms of people who have been ex possibly exposed to the virus uh, and so forth. So I could see more measures like that where, like, yeah, you could go back to um, – a certain type of industry, but other types of industries will stay closed down. Like, um, I can't see mass gatherings uh, and like entertainment venues opening up by May. Like, the State Mart Center isn't going to start having uh, concerts and, and sporting events uh, in Fresno in May. But hopefully by um, uh, August or September, uh, stuff like that can begin resuming maybe on like an every other seat basis uh, being filled or something like that. Uh, you know, it, it's just going to take some time to get back to a normal workforce. And that won't happen in May. I, I'm quite certain of it, but we should start easing back into um, something more uh, equivalent to normal. So Dr. Foschi came out this week and he says, we should never shake hands again. I saw that. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to go back to shaking hands immediately. Like, I think there's going to be a little period of time before we, like you said, we're not going to go out and have full-blown festivals and different things. I know graduation, that's been a big thing. I've been talking to many people about this. And high school, like, looking back at your senior year, that was a special time. Like, I just remember the three months building up to graduation. It's like, this is going to be the last time you see friends. And I'm starting to feel that right now, like, this is going to be our senior year coming up. Like senior year has pretty much started already. Like applications for internships are already due. You're already looking at grad school. You're looking at different things. Like what's going to be the next move. So it's just looking back at like being a senior and then having all this stuff taken away from you. It's just like, it's just mind blowing. Just like 
like you probably remember your prom and different events and stuff that occurred your senior year and it's like okay now it's all it's all gone now so it's like what happens to like all these students that kind of lose out i'm hoping they don't cancel graduation i know they moved uh fresno pacific's graduation all the way back to december so people got to wait to have their ceremony but they are getting their diploma so that's all taken care of but i don't know just like looking back at your senior year chan like could you imagine like if it was our graduation year and everything got canceled like what are your thoughts on all that yeah you know i maybe have a little bit lighter of an opinion of this than a lot of people will but um you know, it's no tragedy. It's, uh, you know, the people dying from the virus and, uh, like, people's uh, financial estates being devastated, that's far more tragic than losing the experiences of, like, a senior year of high school or something like that um, or, or a graduation ceremony. Not to, to discount those things, but um, I, I, I personally don't see that as a, a great tragedy or, or even sports seasons being taken away, you know. Uh, I was very much looking forward to this track season. I know you were as well. Put in a lot of work to be ready for that and, and didn't really get a, a season at all. Um, you know, and that's not tragic. That's, uh, that's part of life. It's uh, um, when we have these major uh, world events that go on and, and we lose some of the small things like, uh, you know, experiential things that are, are meaningful but aren't everything. You know, it's, it's not something that I put a ton of stock into uh, personally, but uh, that's not to say that other people uh, aren't justified in feeling a, a, a deep feeling of like regret or sadness about that. I understand for sure. Yeah, exactly. I know we look back and it's like reminiscent and it's like, I couldn't imagine this happening. And I've talked to a few people. It's been, it's been very mixed reviews. I know moms being like, Oh, my son, like not graduating. Like that's a big thing. And like 12 years of schooling. So I know I feel for that and it is life. Like, you do get knocked down. It's about how you respond to that. And that's like what we're in this, this crisis. Like as a nation, we've been knocked down. Like we've shut down like everything in our economy. We've shut down pretty much all pretty much. They say non-essential stuff. I don't think that is the right word of phrasing. I think everybody's essential to the economy. We're not a $23 trillion economy for no reason. Everybody has a part. The truck driver that has to go the extra mile to go and get something that's already closed like these people are what are making this country turn right now these are people like construction workers are deemed essential real estate i know you're talking about your dad are deemed essential i know people that are still like essential that's an essential thing like we still need to keep turning and i think we're getting closer i think i'm very optimistic that we're going to get this country running so chandler i just feel like with everything going on i think we just got to get to the next step we got to get moving we got to get this economy i call it the great american comeback we just got to get it going so chandler what are your thoughts like like i've said already before like we're got to get this thing open i know what do you what are the, like the steps you think are needed to get the economy back up and running again yeah that that's a great question that's the million dollar question right because uh, we don't really have a, a clear-cut answer um it, i was listening to i believe he was the um U.S. Surgeon General. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, though. Um, uh, anyways, he was he was talking about what's up, Dad? He was talking about um, the the three types of testing that we uh, we might have um, available and that that we probably will need to have available. Um, and that availability of, of testing for the virus itself um, on a, on a large scale and on a quick scale. Uh, 
he talked about surveillance testing. I wasn't sure what he meant by that. I hope that doesn't mean uh, more government uh, interference with our day-to-day lives, um, but it, it sounded suspiciously like that. And then he talked about antibody testing. I think that's going to be uh, probably the biggest role, uh, and because that will sort of determine who has uh, built up at least some immunity to the virus. We don't know exactly how immune you are once you've had it yet, um, but it, if you have uh, antibodies for the virus, that shows that you have some capacity to fight it off if you were to get it again. Um, and I think that's the key type of testing that we're going to need available uh, to go back to work uh, on a, a pretty full scale. Uh, that probably won't be available uh, on a wide scale. Uh, it doesn't seem like that sort of testing is, uh, is prevalent yet. So uh, until then, I think it's going to be a lot of continued social distancing, but social distancing in the workforce instead of everybody being quarantined at home. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be the next step uh, to, to get us back. But again, that's just my, uh, my guess is that at all of this. Like I said, that's the million-dollar question. What is it going to take to get us all back? Um, do you have any further thoughts on that or any areas where you disagree with what I said? No, I, I totally agree. It's just every, it's a million-dollar question. It's like when are we going to open the economy? When are we going to get back to work? When are we going to be able to go do things like go to the beach? When are we going to go see things like this? And I think it's just a step-by-step process. I think we are moving closer to that. I think Trump's doing the best job. He's listening to the experts. I know his approval rating is at 49%. People approve of what he's doing, and I think it's because he's going to do and doing something that most times before it was like, oh, Trump's doing it on his own, and he has a cabinet of people he goes to to make these decisions. But looking at like he's going, Dr. Fauci, he's leading the chase on this. He's got all these medical experts, like he's got a task force. He's still doing these these uh, different interviews during the day, these these informative interviews, and everything's still going on, and everybody's and it's just a day by day i think every day just kind of seems all meshed together at this point everything's so like it's just so repetitive like okay when are we going to get like coronavirus like we can only talk about coronavirus so much like during our day and that's why i'm just like man i don't what what episode is this it's coronavirus unfiltered number four so i thought so yeah so it's like and we've been talking about this since january like me and chan if you go back and listen to the first episode we talked about the coronavirus and the possible impacts it could have later on and now we're sitting here episode 13 and the coronavirus is still is still a thing and it's it's now we're hitting a peak period is what we're told this last week and we should be going on a downslope on the way out so it's just it's just one of those things is like i know you're probably getting stir crazy a lot of people are getting stir crazy it's like you can only spend so much time at home and the government can only keep you inside for so long i know fpu is taking like so many different measures and it's now it's so crazy because like I'm moving out but next week it's going to be totally different they're doing checkpoints you'll have to like check in to where you're going like we'll have like we have a campus safety squad on our on our campus and now everybody's gonna have to be like under surveillance in a sense it's just like your privacy is just taken away slowly and slowly it's like ugh. so it's just it's a different it's a different time and I think once we get everything back to normal and everybody is going to say it's the new normal, all this and that, I'm just like, we just need to get back to, to real life. I feel like we're doing that, but it's like virtual. But I think there's just that that loss of like the human connection that we've lost for at least the people that are staying at home most days and don't have an essential job. So it's just it's I think it's a weird time. And I think it's just we'll, we'll have to like move forward as a country on this one. So, Chan, I think. 
I think that's a good coronavirus update for the day. Let's talk more about uh, Bernie Sanders dropping out. I think that's interesting. I know a little refresher. It's like I know this is like the first politics thing to really happen in the past week, and Bernie Sanders stepped out of the race, and he's given Biden. It's like 2016. And you know what I think is funny is? I don't think Bernie ever had a chance. I know we talked about it in episodes. Like, he's the front runner. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Biden, where's Biden at? Biden can't get up. And then and then all of a sudden he went to South Carolina. And then all of a sudden, ever since then, he's been the front runner. So it's just like, Bernie was the front runner, what, two months ago, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought he had the most, uh, the, the biggest chance of getting the nomination. So, um, you know, it, it changed a lot. And that's the nature of politics especially uh, presidential politics. So exciting time. And I mean, it, we got to look at it this way. If for some reason Bernie Sanders would have won the nomination, there was a chance he could have uh, become president. And that would have been absolutely terrible. Exactly. I mean, it, I'm not saying it would be good if Biden won uh, the presidency, but um, <laughs> we were texting back and forth and, um, and uh, talking about like a block of wood, uh, you know, and, and I think a block of wood could win the presidency uh, just as good of a chance as uh, as Joe Biden. Um, and I would take a block of wood as president rather than him. But, um, you know, he, he's. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> he, he certainly has caved to the progressive left. And, uh, you know, there's talk about him being more moderate. I don't see it. Uh, he's. Uh, you know, largely uh, incompetent, it seems, in a lot of ways. And, and this isn't just to bash him personally. Like, um, you know, some, some of the policies he supported have been uh, harmful to America. Obviously, he um, was in support of Obamacare when he was Obama's vice president. Um, you know, these things that just were not beneficial to America uh, are things that he supported in the past. And then based off his campaigning, uh, apart from all his uh, his gaps, which are continuous, uh, the fav- my favorite um, quote from uh, Biden over the last uh, few years has been, uh, um, "Poor kids can be just as smart as white kids," and uh, you know, like I'm not saying that I think uh, Biden has a bad heart or that he's racist at heart when he says something like that, but. He's just uh, not very aware of what he says. He's gotten away with a lot in terms of uh, what he says and what he's done. Um, and, yeah, he would be a, a terrible president for the United States. Oh, yeah, I agree. And it's it's funny because all these different quotes and different blunders that Joe Biden comes out with, it's just it's one after another. And I just could not imagine him on the debate stage with Donald Trump. And I think it's interesting. People think that, like, there's going to be an outside that come in, uh, that comes into the race, like an Andrew Cuomo that comes in, and I could totally see it. Like people are like, most people I talk to, they're like Joe Biden. Oh, Joe Biden, what? He's supposed to lead the country? Like I don't, I couldn't see it. I think what we would see is if Joe Biden got elected, per se, he would literally be like the figurehead of our government, and then everybody underneath him would be the the workings, like the inner workings, and we would see like the democratic like everything the whole the organization would come through and this this will be the way they run the government and it would and i could just see more government spending i just see the more control of the government it would be a complete disaster we would see another four years of barack obama and a lot of people still hype up barack obama and obama did not do a good job in office he 
he didn't improve anything. And he, he increased our national debt. He made healthcare more inaccessible, not accessible. And he just, he just was crazy. Just the different things that happened during his presidency and people still go out and support him. It's like, yeah, no, I relate with that. And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't get you. You know, you'll talk to people and you give them the, the platform of Obama and they're like, Oh, well, I, I don't agree with that. It's just like people like people because the way they act and like, Oh, they're cool. But it's like, no, we have to get back to that foundation. And I know this is what me and Chan talk about the truth. Like this is the truth. These are the facts. Like we're laying it out. We're like facts, facts, facts. And a lot of these people that are voting now, it's like, oh yeah, no, I think he's cool. It's like his speech sounded cool. Like Bernie Sanders, he's out there. He's like, hey, we're gonna have free healthcare. We're gonna do all this stuff. And it's like, no, it's like, I know me, me and Chandler always go like, bread lines. We're gonna do bread lines. That's our that's our famous quote on this show. If anything, it's like, that's what we're gonna improve. We're gonna have bread lines. Everything's gonna be free. You're gonna get a free biscotti. I'm gonna get a free biscotti. We're all gonna get free biscottis. So I know Chan does a probably better impression than I do. Uh, Chandler makes my makes me laugh every time he does it on the show. It's just it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel a little bit right now. <laughs> yeah, I, we can all be thankful that uh, Bernie Sanders will never be the president of the United States. I think that is something we can celebrate with him dropping out. Exactly, and it's just it's one of those things. It was like a refresher this week. It's like coronavirus, coronavirus, and then it was like Bernie Sanders drops out. It was like, whoa, it's big news, but it's not coronavirus. It's like as serious as a coronavirus it's been, I think it was a, a relief to at least have some kind of news that wasn't necessarily coronavirus. Like there's a lot of stuff that's still going on around the world that people like there's a lot of death happening from the coronavirus, but there's a lot of deaths happening across the Middle East. I know ISIS had an attack this week and they're shooting off missiles and they're still doing damage and, and they're doing it amidst of everybody trying to solve this coronavirus and they're getting away with stuff there and it's just looking at there's still conflict there's still people that are there's revolution still going down like there's this crisis this global crisis pandemic and everything's still going on and we still have uh order in the world to run like there's different things that we have to that we haven't been able to pay attention to and i i think people watch the news and they're like oh yeah coronavirus and then they change the channel again and it's like coronavirus and it's just the next thing after another and even chan it's like we we've talked about it we've, we've had three episodes straight coronavirus so it was just a little different to have some different things in the presidency, like like we still have a presidential race. Like in November, we will be voting again. And I think what's interesting is that could be our next segment is looking at like people want to expand rights to illegal immigrants. And the, in the, there's this new thing. And then even in California in 2018, they instituted it. It's called ballot harvesting. So this is where a third party collects vote, votes from like retirement homes and different places like libraries and different things. And these third party transport this to where the votes are counted. And this is a big thing because right after like this all happened in 2018 is there was like the race between Valadeo and TJ Cox and, and Valadeo had a 5,000 vote lead on TJ Cox, but they were waiting on these ballot harvesters to go and get the votes. And but when it was all said and done, I think it was like 800 votes that Valadeo won. It was like, hmm, it's like, and this can happen on both sides. It could be Republican ballot harvesters and Democrat. But more cases than not, it's more Democrat votes end up coming out. And I know my dad always says you never can wait. Like you have to wait until all the votes are counted because then at the end you could like totally lose everything. Like the votes could be one way or the other. And it's just like, it's crazy because even Orange County was a district that was usually red, turned blue in 2018. And people are like, hmm. And it was the first year that ballot harvesting was? Uh, 
maybe a coincident like kind of scenario but it's like hmm i don't know so it's interesting so i know chan they've been talking about a lot of people have been talking about illegal immigrants and extending coronavirus like stimulus checks i don't know some states allow illegal immigrants to vote like there's some people that allow like certain measures of that so it's like do we extend more aid to illegal immigrants and i know i kind of know what your answer is going to be but i just want to hear your feedback on a lot of the stuff that a lot of these governors are pushing yeah i mean the the clear answer in in normal circumstances is that uh absolutely not uh no aid to illegal immigrants i think from a, a humanitarian aspect there's room for some sort of uh, support and some sort of aid being more libertarian than not I would say that none of that should be coming from the government uh, even in this case where the government created the problem because illegal immigrants don't uh, fall under the, the jurisdiction of our government largely you know they're not citizens um, and so you know but I think there is good uh, reason for churches and other nonprofits to help out illegal immigrants in this time. Uh, but it should also be seen as a, this whole pandemic should be seen as a, a reason for strong borders and for control of who's coming into our country. I know that uh, some people might see that as politicizing the issue, but I don't think it is. I think it, it's uh, really important because, look, if you come into this country undocumented and uh, illegally, you aren't entitled to any of these uh, support measures. So, you know, but if you were to come in legally, there's a lot more room for, uh, for that sort of support. So I think the most moral thing is to set up a system where if you come into this country, you go through the, the proper channels. Um, and it's not this free-for-all uh, where now you can also uh, claim American taxpayer money. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the short answer is I don't think they should be getting any sort of uh, federal support. Um, but the long answer is a lot more uh, nuanced and complicated, and, and I think really the, the root of the problem is what needs to be addressed, uh, not just the problem itself. Exactly, and we got the squad, the squad, the squad. This is the group that everybody looks for for knowledge. No, I'm just kidding. This has got AOC, we got Tlaib, we got all these different people here, and they're calling that we should have everybody in the United States legal or illegal that they should get two thousand dollars a month and then they can reload that a thousand dollars monthly until the end of the year this is that that's from Talib. that that's what she that she, that's what she came out and said and omar she's calling the same thing and and they're all like hey let's like i said the squad they're coming out and they want to make sure that everybody is covered but again like it goes back to like our illegal immigration like problem that we have in the United States. I think there needs to be a new way of doing immigration in this country. I know I've heard different propositions. I think a point system would be good. So it would incentivize people to like get themselves prepared. I think we allow a lot of low skilled workers into this country and we need, we need that, but we also need people that are going to fit in with the culture in the United States and different things along with that. And there are people here. I know DACA is a big thing. That's a, that's a tough, that's a sticky issue. And I'm not, I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to have, I'd love to have somebody on that's a DACA student. I think that would be interesting to have a different perspective on that. And just looking at like, what do we do with this? Like, how can we go forward with this? And it's, and like we said, it's like in the constitution, we're not allowed to, we're not 
opening everything up. Like we just can't have an open borders country. It sounds appealing and it's like, oh, we just want to have, but it's like, we just don't have the resources nor do we have the money to do so. So it's just like, we're already spending $2.3 trillion on this whole stimulus relief package, which has a lot of garbage in it. And there's so much stuff. We got we got the what the JFK Event Center. They're getting whatever the $75 million that they got. And it's like, we could have been using this money for any to help our citizens. Like this is like money that should be going back. And I think Charlie Kirk, he's been pushing for it, a student stimulus package. I think it would be good because a lot of students across the country are suffering from having everything taken away from them. Like their room and board, like a lot of schools are still not doing refunds on that. Like there's a lot of students that were left pretty much homeless and had to make their next decision within a week. Like I just feel bad for these students and it's like, these, this is our next generation. We need to make sure that we stimulate our economy, but like these are our next leaders. These people are going into the workforce this next year. Like me and Chandler, like we're gonna be, you're going out next semester, like you're graduating next semester. So it's like, I'm, I'm believe that Trump will be able to turn this thing around and he said it yesterday, I think he's like, I've done it once, I'm gonna do it again. Like I can turn this economy around. Like he knows what he needs to do. And again, not everybody's gonna be happy. Like we're, we're going at a like quick and rapid pace. And I think he's gonna get stuff done. I think in the second term after he gets reelected, as long as there's no like baloney with the squad, I don't know. They're, they're running some little ballot harvesting little measures. And I know we'll talk about AOC's race here in a bit. I think that's interesting. Democrat pro-business what you never hear that now you all hear is socialism that's the answer that's the answer to everything and no so yeah Chandler I don't know what do you what are your thoughts on the squad the squad the squad no (laughs) (laughs) you know that the squad is probably the worst thing to happen to American politics in a long time um the the fact that uh the Democrat party allowed these uh freshman uh congress people you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, um, it, you know, that they've just been allowed to have their way um, like a bunch of spoiled kids, which is what they are. Um, and, you know, it, lots of terrible ideas that they have. Like, who's going to pay for this $2,000 a month for the rest of the year? Like, that's just not possible. And they're going to be like, oh, we'll tax the, the rich. Well, how far down are you calling the, the rich? Are you saying that uh, a lower to middle class family that uh, has like a household income of $35,000 a year is the rich and you're going to tax them like crazy? Like that's certifiably insane. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> everything that they do uh, just has no uh, grounding in reality. Um, it's all feelings, all emotions, no facts. Um, you know, uh, AOC even came out and said, uh, this was a couple years ago now, uh, that uh, it, the facts don't matter if your heart's in the right place or something like that. Uh, she straight up said that. So, you know, they're not even trying to pretend that they have logic and the truth on their side. Um, they have all feelings. And uh, it, and we know that the, the human heart is deceitful and, and that our feelings are often misguided. You know, if I were to always act on my feelings, my life would be a, a mess. Uh, but, you know, we look to, to hard truths and facts, uh, even when they're inconvenient. Um, and it, it's, it's inconvenient that you can't just give everybody a bunch of money. Like, it would be great if we could. Like, if the 
government could just all of a sudden uh, give everybody all the money that they could ever want and everybody would just be happy with no consequences, great. You know, I don't care. But that's not the reality that we live in. That That's uh, just not, uh, not possible. So, yeah, not a fan of the squad, of course. Uh, you know, it's, I, I think they've done a lot of damage to our, our uh, nation's politics. And, um, yeah, I think we should talk briefly about the, the um, Democrat candidate who's going to be running against AOC uh, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is Caruso Cabrera. She's uh, moderate, um, which is interesting to see in the Democratic Party pro-business Democrat, and I guess she worked for CNBC as an anchor there for some time, and it's just looking at what New York, like, they are one of the worst states, like, financially and everything going on. Like, we saw it with this whole crisis. Like, they were ill-prepared. Como was putting caps on, on hospital beds, and a lot of the stuff isn't reported. Like, this is, like, exactly what me and Chan, like, the reason why we do this show is we got to get the truth out there. Like, this is, like, one of those things. I don't want to look back 30 years from now and Chandler, we're going to look back at this podcast. We're going to say, no, we, we stood up for what was right. And this is the truth. And we, we got to be careful. Like the history that's happening now, it's going to always be by the victor. So like whoever wins this whole thing, like the people that survive are going to be the ones that tell the story. And that's an interesting thing to look at. Like we have to be looking at all this different things that, that are being put out. Like AOC, like this is going to be a big race in New York. And we got to look at this as like, Hey, this is somebody that's going to look at, that's going to be pro-business, and that's going to help restore a lot of things in New York that there's a lot of problems. And AOC is just, you know, I think we should give free stuff to everybody. Like, well, what's the cost? Oh, I don't know the cost. Like, she she comes in, and she comes in with this, like, she's got all this power that she's going to be able to do so many things. And, and it's like, no, you're, you're supposed to represent the people. So, and it's just, we look back at the clips. It's like, I don't even know how this person's in office, like, we look at like, oh, this is a this is a garbage disposal. Like, oh, what is this? Like, we look at these things, and it's like, and it looks like Cabrera, not usually for Democrats, but when we look at this, it's like, who's going to do the best job in office? It's either AOC socialism or somebody that's pro business moderate. And I think it'll be interesting to see. She just hit a million dollars in funding for her campaign, so it's going to be it's going to be fun to see this race. I think it'll be interesting because a lot of people are going to be like. We need to get back to business, and I think we're going to see, like, Nancy Pelosi, they're going to be coming up. She's going to be coming up for uh, re-election soon, like, in, I think, the next month or so. So it's just going to be who's going to be who's going to be voted in, who's going to be voted out. It's like – and, like, what Trump said originally in his, in his platform is we got to drain the swamp. we got to do it. Like, there's no other way we can really do this. Like, we have to get these people that have been in the office. And I always see this all across the internet. Like Nancy Pelosi, they've all been in office. All these like Nadler, all these people have been in office for like thirty years, and then it's like, what? And you blame Trump for four years of all this stuff that's happened? Oh yeah, right. This stuff has been instituted for many years, and people go, why am I getting taxed? It's Trump's fault. It's this and that. No, it is on these politicians that have been in office for so long. And I can't wait. Like if California turns red, I would love that conservative let's take back california let's make it red let's make it great again i think california is a great state there's many amenities we have national parks beaches mountains everything you could think of and it's been trashed by the democratic party like you see it we go to our i don't even go to san francisco anymore i used to enjoy going to san francisco years ago but now there's like poop on the street we have an increasing drug problem here we're like the center of meth like it's just 
you go there and it's like not fun to be in San Francisco anymore. LA is the same way. You go down to fly out of LAX and you're going to probably see 30 homeless people plus like on just one street corner. Like, like what are we doing? Like, I just think that's what we got to do. Like, that's what me and Chan do this show. We just got to keep moving forward and push that conservative cause. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think that's what it would take to, uh, see a lot of improvement in our country and, uh, you know, the, the Democrat Party has not been good for California, and um, it hasn't been good for this country. And, and I think we've seen that even in a, a short amount of time when Donald Trump can uh, cause so much improvement in our economy, uh, you know, not him uh, directly, but uh, his policies and what he's pushed for, you know, that uh, a short time of having Republicans in power has definitely benefited our country, and it's benefited uh, the working class people and the, the lower to middle class people that are the back, uh, the backbone of our country. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely agree. It would be uh, much better to uh, have Caruso uh, Cabe, not pronounce your name right, uh, Cabrea, um, <laughs> instead of AOC uh, in that uh, New York uh, Senate seat. Exactly. And it, we'll look at it like California, we're going to have from November again, like, we are still having an election, and we had, like, things like Prop 13 get pushed down. I'm glad it was a little closer on the, once it got all the votes counted, I was like, oh, that was a little worried there that we were going to have a new uh, housing tax and everything. That would have been disastrous. Like, thinking about, like, before it was based on when the price you bought it, but now it's, it's like, prices have gone up in California. That would have been a disaster. So it's looking at the different things and, like, how can we move forward? Like, that's our big thing is, like, we got to move forward, and I think Donald Trump is the way we got to move, like to get things done. Like it's things we got to get going. So it's just looking at like I think the big thing I think we need to talk about right now is like what our main goal of what we're doing on this podcast and like what what people are watching. I think we got to look at the media and the way it's been portrayed so far. Like if you continue, if you watch ABC, CNBC, they're not airing Trump's pressers anymore. And I think Dr. Fauci and some of the medical staff are not allowed to talk. I know Mike Pence came out and talked about that, are not allowed to go out and speak on CNN. And a lot of these places are just, they're putting out propaganda, like Chinese propaganda. They're putting clips of Wuhan. And the sad thing about it is China is going gonna, is gonna to continue. And I think this is why we got to have the gavel out every episode. Every episode we got to have it. Like, we got to make sure people are out and for China and make sure they're held accountable. Like we cannot let this to continue to happen. And we've lost to China many years. Trump campaigned on this and people called him a joke. Like, and that was Republicans and Democrats. You saw like Trump's presidency initially looking at everything. He was not supported by the Republicans the first four months because they actually believed in the Russian collusion hoax. And then we had impeachment hearings and we had all these different things. And I just can't wait for the day that these people are held accountable for their actions, like in our own government. Like we have people working against us every day in our own country. Like people are trying to silence conservatives and especially conservatives that are very outspoken. And that's one thing that I worry about this is, is me and Chandler, we continue to get bigger. We continue to get listeners. We are gaining big numbers every week and we're going to be soon up there with the Shapiros and the Bonginos and all these guys. And it's just like, like what we're doing in this in this whole different the scheme of things, it's like, hey, we have to be the new people that give the truth out because we're not seeing it in our news. Like we, me and Chandler have to do all this research, day in and day out, to make sure that we're reporting 
as accurately to our audience to make sure that you guys know what you guys are doing like and to know that that this this information is going to be 100 percent accurate so i know chan i know what have your thoughts been on like the media and the way that the coronavirus has been portrayed through this whole thing i know we have to go look at these sources and different things but like what are your thoughts yeah i alluded to a little bit earlier in the show today uh in terms of there being like extremes on either side and the truth falling within those extremes. And I think we've seen that a lot uh, with the, the media's portrayal. Uh, you were talking a little bit off there, like even Fox News, it's hard to tell if you can trust that, um, knowing that that has the, a conservative bent. Obviously, uh, we're going to lean more uh, towards uh, their opinions on, on a lot of things. Um, but certainly there's going to be some misrepresentations there and uh, we obviously know there's uh, misrepresentations uh, from uh, the left-wing media like CNN, uh, MSNBC. Uh, th- those, uh, yeah, I think Americans are, uh, and the rest of the world is sort of waking up to the fact that there's a lot of bias in the news, and uh, you can't really trust what, uh, what you've seen. You have to go out and find uh, facts for yourself. And I think that's something like uh, we should push to our audience as well um, you know, if you're listening to this, don't just take our word for it. Yes, we've put a lot of effort into trying to get the facts um, as close as possible to what we see, but don't just take our word for it. Go um, out, find uh, find sources for yourself on what we're talking about, and uh, make up your own opinion. Uh, you know, don't just be told how to think uh, by anybody. Uh, go out and uh, and look at the facts as, as best as you can for yourself, and then uh, make up your own opinion. Uh, otherwise, we're just going to be a bunch of mindless uh, drones walking around, and half the country is going to be the, the CNN drones, and the other half is going to be the Fox News drones. And, you know, that's no good. Uh, you know, I think it's very important that we have uh, individualism in our country. I think that was a big aspect of how our, our nation was founded, that you can make up your own opinion on, um, on different issues, and you don't have to agree with the masses. That's why... Uh, we get to uh, to speak with our, our vote and then also, you know, make decisions with what we buy and, and the like. Um, the government doesn't do that for you. The media doesn't do that for you. And if you try to rely on somebody else to do that for you, um, you're going to end up uh, without your own opinions and, and without any sort of agency in life. And, um, you know, I guess that turned a little bit more of a philosophical answer, but uh, that's certainly my opinion on the issue. And, uh yeah, I, I think uh, I really encourage uh, everybody listening to this to to go out and, and dig and find uh, information for yourself. And you in, if you end up disagreeing with us, like, great, at least you're disagreeing with us on your own accord and not because somebody told you to. Exactly. And I think we've, we've seen some different things on like, okay, like we're a conservative podcast. Not everybody's going to agree, but you can't be like, oh, I don't agree with them. So I'm going to call them a racist or a bigot. Like, that's not the way we have to move. And that's been the one big challenging thing with this podcast is coming out. Like, me and Chan, we're getting our voices heard. This is our opportunity. And that's why I invite people to come on the show. Like, come on the show. We'd love to hear your viewpoints. I'd love to ask you some questions. Like, we want to see how people think. Like, we are very intrigued on looking at, like, different positions because that's the only way we move forward. We can't just continue to be divided. Like, that's where I'm more idealistic on that is we have to come together to have that conversation that, people don't want to have like politics. Nobody likes politics, but the thing is politics affects everyday life, like every aspect of it. Like going to the grocery store, there are different things. Like I was saying, the economy, like us shutting down the economy, 
we're, we're like slowing the process down of like people need to be hired to be truck drivers. Like those truck drivers have to go out and travel to bring these groceries and different and like fruits and vegetables to our stores. And there are little businesses on the, on the way, truck stops, like things are closed. Like then they got to eat there and that's the economy and there's workers hired there. Like everybody has a function in the economy, even if you don't really look at it. But it's like, that's what I challenge the audience to look at is look at how uh, long the path is for you to have like strawberries in a bowl, eating them at home, like there was so much cost, like they were grown. And then so farmer had to look at the costs and different things. Like, hey, do I have the enough incentive to grow these and make money off this and profit? Capitalism, there has to be that incentive. I'm gonna grow them, I'm gonna package them. And then there's that, it's a whole different business. And then they gotta go to the trucks and then from there and so on until they get to your house. Like there are little things that we never really think about. And that's why I think when we look at conservatives and like liberals, like liberals wanna spend all this money and that's what I think is interesting is I think the one reason why I'm conservative is if we weren't conservative, we wouldn't have money to do anything. Like we clean up for liberals, like, like it or not. Like the reason why people can come out and be opposed to us is because economic success and economic success comes from different things like tax cuts and different things that conservatives believe in, but conservatives get a bad rap across the board. And I'm actually looking forward to it. You know, my buddy Caesar, he's going to be coming on the show in a few weeks. He's an environmental science major, and it'll be interesting to hear his perspective. And he's not some like somebody that's going to be like so radical that we need to do all these things. He actually opposes the Green New Deal, and I think that's interesting to look at. Like, I'd love to hear his perspective. I'll keep that. I'll keep. I've already had conversations with him. I'll keep that on the DL though. I know he has some different things that he wants to like propose, and I think it'd be good to have, hear his voice on here. And then I think coming up, I got Jace Merlot. He's a real estate agent in Dinuba. They're deemed essential so far, and he does, he does a lot of ranches and different things like that. He'll be coming on the show. So we got some guests coming up. I know this week was a little weird just because it's just coronavirus. So that's all we have really in the news. And then Bernie Sanders dropping out. Bread lines, bread lines. Um, I'm glad he's out of the race, and it's like we can move forward. But it's like we're going to continue to see mass hysteria from the media. We're going to see Trump continue to get bashed for the rest of his presidency. Like. We got another four and a half years of this. Like, get ready for it. We're gonna be on a roller coaster, and I think Trump's gonna do a good job of opening the economy back up. And it's like we can't get scared of this. I know the media will be like, we can't open it up. People are gonna get sick. People are gonna people are gonna get sick. People are gonna die. And it's not that that's a nice thing. It's just it's life and things happen. But I, what I want to do is I want to segment. Today is Good Friday, and I just wanted to do a little closing segment on that. I had some scripture from First Peter, uh, chapter two, verse twenty-four. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And I just was like, just wanted to reflect. I know me and Chandler were talking about, we get to done our closing segment. We like to usually go on something from the founders or like different things that this nation was founded on. But we got to look back that our rights are given from God. And I think we got to look at like, sometimes we got to take a step back from the arguing, the different things, of like the measures of the coronavirus, and really just get into the word. Like this is the only way that we can move forward is with God. Like we have to trust in God all the way. And I think just getting into the Bible, seeing some worship, and just getting in with God and strengthening that relationship is the only way we're actually going to get through this. Because we can do as many things as a human, but we're we're imperfect humans, as we've seen. Our politicians are. We are like. And just looking at like what Jesus did is he died on a cross for us. And then Easter weekend, just looking at it and reflecting on it, like this is one of those things that's just like, wow, like Jesus did that for us and did that for me. Like he died on the cross. And 
it's just looking looking at it, it's just like wow, like wow, just just everything that he's done for us, and it's just like the blessings, like the blessings that me and Chandler have to be able to speak right now and have this conversation, like the little things like that, and just like friendship and family, and just looking at like what is really valuable in life and it's just the connections we make with other people and the relationship ultimately that we make with God and how we live our life. So Chandler, I don't know if you wanted to have some reflections on scripture from Peter or if you just had your thoughts on Good Friday or Easter weekend or anything that you want to let our audience like like reflect on this weekend. Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll briefly share. I, I think you did a, a great job of talking about that and the importance of an emphasis on, uh, on God and on spiritual truths um, certainly, it being Good Friday, uh, we're recording this the morning of Good Friday, uh, like a, a time that, uh, you know, if, if you're not familiar with uh, this, Christians observe uh, the death of, of Jesus Christ on a cross uh, about 2,000 years ago uh, on this Friday. And I think it's a, a really uh, deeply important time to reflect on, uh, on what he did for us on our own sins that, uh, that cost him his life, you know, like, uh, if, if we were perfect as a, a human race and never uh, had any problems, we, Jesus wouldn't have had to suffer on the cross for us. Um, but, you know, that's clearly not how, uh, how history has played out. And so as a, as a result of our own uh, sinfulness and our pride and our selfishness, uh, that uh, Jesus had to do this, uh, I think is a, it's a time to really reflect on this. Uh, and if you're not a Christian, you're sort of uh, observing this and thinking, uh, you know, what's up with this, or, or I disagree with this. Um, do know that, like, a lot of our founders uh, were believers and, and really uh, thought that Christian values are um, essential to uh, who we are as a nation. Uh, but you can't have the Christian values without Christ. And uh, I think that's a, a really important thing to remember. I know we don't usually go into uh, religious thought as much uh, on the show, but um, it is very important to me. It's very important to Matt. And uh, I hope it's important to you as well. You know, uh, we always uh, plug to reach out for any, um, any political questions or things you want covered on the show. But if you have uh, religious or spiritual questions, you know, we would love to answer that as well, uh, maybe on, on a more personal, private basis or maybe on the show, you know. Um, so yeah, just a little uh, a little plug for that, and uh, yeah, if you are a believer and you're you're hearing this on Friday, you know, um, take some time and reflection on that, and uh, on Easter celebrate the the resurrection of Jesus, you know, from your home, uh, uh, listening to maybe a, a live stream of a, a church service or something. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, it's just going to be a good time to be with family and the people that matter and. And if it has to be through FaceTime calls, like me and Chandler, like it's been rough. I think it's been a month now and we've been doing the show like virtually. So, like we did the first two on phone call. The last two luckily have been FaceTime. It's been a lot better for the show. It just gives people access to YouTube. It gives people access on our podcast to hear Chandler and it gives me ability to see him. So I got to give a shout out to our YouTube channel, The Matt and Chan Show. If you want to look us up, I think that'd be good. But yeah, just to, just to look, there's some closing thoughts. It's just like, just remember what Jesus did for us and like how little, a lot of the things that we do like in life, it's just like ultimately just glorifying him. And it's just like just him on the cross. Like he, it bears all our sins, all the things that we did, like looking at, and it's just, wow, just 
amazing just the 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 dedication that like Jesus had to go through that and it just like you really think about it it's the nails through the hands like that's just just like when you look at it, it's really graphic you really get into that word and and just looking at the foundations of our our country that our rights come from God like I've said and just the ability for all those that worship and stuff and the freedoms that we have are just we're very blessed to have the opportunity to do what we do and we have all these different opportunities and we're not as lucky lucky as or we are lucky compared to many other people in different countries and I think when we look at the big picture it's like wow like it is it is truly special that we live in the United States like Christians are persecuted all over the world and I feel feel sad and my heart hurts for the people that are that are worshiping around the world to have to do it in private and different things but they're doing the right thing and and I and that's one of the things is like we want to fight for democracy and freedom everywhere and that's why my heart feels for people in China too like the communist government as much as we talk about China it's like man China like it's really that communist party the people aren't bad it's just the communist party is just spun these different things and we see it each and every week so but yeah just this weekend reflect be with the people that you love and yeah, that's, that's what I got. So I know we are going to be coming up with a contest soon, maybe a t-shirt giveaway. We have a Google Home speaker, and we're going to probably tie that in. We'll probably talk about it more next week. I think that would be a great thing if you leave a five-star review and you leave some comments on there. And pretty much that's what we're just shooting for. Um, I know Joe Biden just came out with a podcast. I'd love to beat Joe Biden. So let's let's get on that. Let's get on the move. Let's get some listeners. Like we're we're growing each and every week. So welcome to any new listeners that we have this week. Thank you for listening. And if you stuck around all the way to the end, thank you. And just go out and tell a friend. I think if there's anything, we don't run ads on this show. Rarely. I know we had our Fancher Creek Pool Services, my dad's company. But looking at the different things, like the only thing that you're that we charge on this podcast is you tell a friend. That's all. That's all you need to do is get the word out there. So, Chan, do you want us to give us a shout out for our email, like where to find us and everything? Yeah. So, if you uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us, uh, email us at mattandchan at gmail.com. That's m a t t a n d c h a n at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to uh, hear from you and respond to you. I think uh, largely Matt runs that email account, so uh, you'd probably be. Uh, talking mostly with him um, but yeah go ahead and uh, reach out to us if you have any questions any thoughts uh, if you want to uh, oppose us on some idea or uh, reach out to be a guest on the show that would be a great place to do that um, we have a twitter account now uh, you can find us at matt and chan uh, how's that uh, what's the uh, the tag for that yeah it's at matt and chan show everything's matt and chan show if you look us up you'll find us anywhere you listen to podcasts we are now on soundcloud apple Podcasts, spotify and pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And now we are on YouTube, the big show. We are here, so check us out. Chan, close us out, man. It's been great doing this episode with you. Till next time, this is the Mac and Chan Show.